you ever been walking in a public place and somebody says hi and waves at you, but you can't really place them, but you don't want to be rude, so you go ahead and wave back and say hi, only to find out that they were waving at the person behind you and not you, and you just kind of feel awkward about what you did and what you said. This podcast is going to be like that. I'm Cecily Williams, and you're listening to Sorry, Did I Make You Uncomfortable? Y'all, I had uh, several of my friends that got COVID, and we were all at like a conference together, so I thought I started not feeling good, and I thought, well, I better go go get a test and see, you know, like if I have COVID too, and so I went to Walmart, and I was looking around, and I was like, couldn't find the COVID test, so I asked a little worker guy, I was like, hey, where do you you keep your COVID tests, and uh, he said... Um, yeah, I don't think we carry those anymore because, uh, they're not, they're not popular anymore. And I was like, what? I was thinking, like, I think he might have used, like, the wrong adjective or, like, that just, it didn't make sense to me. I was like, what do you mean they're not popular anymore? What does, what does that even mean? They're not popular. Like, was it popular to test for COVID before and, and now, like, we don't, it's not popular so we're not testing for COVID or are we still, like, making sure that we're not going to get anybody else sick? So, like, all the way home, I'm like, you know, I'm thinking about that. I'm like, they're not popular anymore. And now, okay, granted, like, he might have meant, like, there weren't in high demand, so we didn't, you know, like, supply and demand, so we're not ordering them, blah, blah, blah. But I was like, they're not popular anymore. And I was like, how many times in our lives is it popular to have something? Like, you know, like, I hear people say, I have ADD. Like, it's popular to have ADD now. I, I feel like I need to remind everybody that I'm not saying People were wanting to get COVID because it was popular. You know, I lost my own father to COVID-19. So that's that's not what I'm saying. It definitely was not a, a popular choice for my family. But there was just something about his phrase, they're not popular anymore. And I was just started getting me thinking about something else in that lines. Popularity denotes like getting a lot of attention. It struck me. It, it struck a chord in me like You know, when people are sick or when they go through a tragic event or, you know, a death in the family or something really bad or terrible happens, there is a lot of attention that comes, a lot of sympathy, and it brings comfort, like you're gaining comfort from people. And I think so many times in this world, there are so many people out there that do not have a constant circle of community around them that bring them that comfort throughout life that you get to a point where you're you're starving for that comfort that comes in community your soul is literally crying out for the comfort that comes within a community but if we're not careful seeking the comfort from man or from others can replace the comfort that we're supposed to get from the holy spirit i know in a healthy community I have a what I like to call a tribe of people or my pride, you know, it's filled with lionesses of the kingdom, like that they fill me with a comfort, but their comfort, the source of the comfort that they're pouring into me comes from God. And I can, my soul can feel that, that it's coming from the Lord. And that's because I spend time myself being filled up by the word, being filled up by the father in his presence. Whenever I am lacking or whenever I'm running low on that, I recognize that same comfort in my community, in my tribe, in my pride. And I am able to receive that because I know that that's the Lord through them that's filling me up. But I think that's where we have to be careful because if you're not constantly 
at least trying to be in his presence and recognizing the father's comfort, the father's love, you can be led astray and you can open yourself up when you're in that part where you're just like, Hey, I'm going to, I need sympathy. You can, you can reach out and you're going to open yourself up to receive that from anybody. And if it's not God's authentic love that's pouring into you, God's authentic comfort of the Holy Spirit that's pouring into you, you're going to constantly need more and more of that to fill that void because it's not going to sustain you. I believe there's like a subtle form of pride that's actually it's it's a form of pride that I believe is acceptable in society. And I like that's like self-pity, like self-focus. And I know there is a time and a season like when you've gone through a traumatic event or you're grieving that you need to mourn, you need to be in that. But if you don't catch it, it can easily slide into a form of self-pity that's hard to break out of because I believe that it's accompanied by like a spirit of self-pity. And and when you get in and you're, you're operating that spirit of self-pity, it's a form of pride. Now, if you're very egotistical and in like full of pride in that manner, you're going to think that you're better than everybody else. And you're going to think that everybody should bow down to you because you're so great. But on the opposite side, like the opposite ditch, that's one ditch. The opposite ditch of that is is something like that comes in and you partner with that spirit of self-pity and what it does when it comes in and is it it's going to make you remain small it's going to make you always be very small and helpless and I can't do anything for myself and you should bend towards me it's not necessarily bow down towards me and worship me but it's bend towards me serve me I need help. And if you're not constantly filling yourself up, you're going to be using this spirit or partner with this spirit to get things that you want in life by remaining small, by remaining little, like helpless. And I think that's that fine line where you have to say, hey, is this me still grieving or is this me still in trauma? Is this me still healing? Or is this me partnering with another spirit that I've just gotten so used to getting people to bow, bend towards me and and do the things that I need that it's begotten it that's an unhealthy in itself and like I'd said before you know there's a process when you're grieving or going through trauma there's a healing process but I believe that the way that you can tell have I have I have I gotten outside that lines of that natural grieving process and for some like grief grief in general I know about that because you know I've walked through that in my own journey and I'm still walking through that you know there's processes there's levels to it but there's I believe that the that the there's a way that you can tell if you're partnering with a spirit of self-pity in order to utilize it to get something instead of just like hate you know like the community should serve the widows and the community should serve the fatherless and we should be out there visiting the hospitals and praying for the sick but there's a part where the person starts using it the victim or whatever starts using it to get people to bend towards them in that manner that I was talking about before and the way that I think you can identify identify that is you're going to use that particular thing as your tool that takes God out of being your source of your needs. It's going to take your focus off of God being your source and it's going to place it in man being your source. Look, I know that we all need help at some point and I, I mean, I'm a single mom and I, I mean, I need help 
And I, you know, I just was out there trying to replace the blades on my lawnmower and that little bolt thing. He was like, man, you had to be the Incredible Hulk to get that thing off. I didn't know how to get that off. I needed like some special uh, drill and I had to ask somebody to come over and and, uh, drill those off for me. I'm not talking about asking for help uh, or needing help. Or what I'm talking about is there's a difference in asking for help and then operating in the spirit of self-pity. What it's going to do is let's say that, okay, so I, my, my AC unit, I need to, to change the air filters in my AC unit because, you know, like the, the airflow is not going, my electric bill's a little bit higher and I'm like, oh gosh, they're filthy. And I don't have a ladder to reach up there. I could go to Lowe's and I can get the filters, but I like can't reach up there to get it because I don't have a ladder. Well, Asking for help and needing help would, in, in a humble way, would be, hey, um, so-and-so, can I borrow your ladder because I need to change the air filters? I've got them, but I just need to borrow your ladder. Being in self-pity and operating in self-pity is going to look like somebody calling it, calling you and saying, hey, how are you doing? Or, or maybe you're just ch- talking with somebody and you're like, yeah, well, my electric bill is really high because, you know, I just, I, I need to change the air filters, and, but... I can't get up there because I don't have a ladder and I just don't know how I'm going to afford this electric bill. I just so ready for summer to be over because it's just, it's just gotten to be a lot. And, and instead of just like, you're wanting them to bend towards you and say, Oh my gosh, like I've got a ladder. Do you want to borrow my ladder? Instead of just outright, just asking, like you're, you're trying to remain little and weak and pitiful and saying pity. It's pity. Oh, come and help me instead of just asking for somebody to come and help. You know, years ago, I read um, years ago, like I'm so old years ago. (laughs) I started reading Proverbs uh, because I thought, well, Solomon was the wealthiest man to walk the earth, wealthy in wisdom and wealthy in like riches. So I was like, okay, um, I'm going to read Proverbs because he's he's attributed to, to writing Proverbs. So I thought, okay. I'm read one a day because there's 31 chapters in Proverbs. And um, so I was like, I'll read these. And one of the my favorite uh, chapters is, is chapter 30. And that's where it talks a lot about pride and a lot about greed. Now, Proverbs chapter 30 is not written by Solomon. But I love it because it actually shows that Solomon was willing to share the spotlight. But he, this is the chapter where he talks about pride and he talks about greed. It's the one where he says, um, don't give me so much that I don't need you, God, but don't give me so little that I have to resort to stealing, which I don't know why you would have to steal. But um, anyway, it's that's the chapter. And on that, he starts talking about four different things. He talks about greed and then he talks about four different things. And one of them really stuck out to me. And I wanted to share that. It's where he calls it a, a raging fire devouring its fuel. He gives that as an example of what greed looks like. And I thought, man, that is what like the spirit of self-pity operating in somebody is. I believe this can come from like thinking everything should bend towards you. And then you start taking everything from or using others for your own selfish gain without depositing anything else in return. And I'm not saying that like we have to pay somebody to do good. We should do good for others without needing to be paid for it. But like that's without having like a thankful heart or gratitude. It's like you remove that from the equation and then you just 
use somebody up until they themselves are drained of all their supply and then you just move on to the next person. And I believe that that's like a raging fire that's just devouring everything in its path and you're just using it as fuel. And and I know that there is a process. Like if you've just gone through a divorce and you're you're learning how to do things on your own. I mean, some of these, it, it's a process. Me, like losing my husband, I didn't realize how much he did. Man, I didn't appreciate everything he did now that I'm mowing six acres, you know. But like, I just didn't appreciate it. So there, there is an adjustment period that you have to go through. Um, and, and that's okay. And a lot of these things, you know, they're passed down from generation to generation. Maybe there wasn't a traumatic event that happened to you, but it's just a learned behavior that this is how your grandmother acted, or this is how your grandfather, your mother, your father. I mean, like, this is just something that you learned. Like, you just pity, have it's like a pity party, and then people do stuff for you. Or, like, I, it's just, I just think it's a conscious awareness, and it's, it's in that awareness, that discernment, and saying, Father, thank you for revealing these things in me. And, like, I submit this to you, and I, I, won't, I don't want to be like this anymore. And, you know, just like you didn't get there overnight, you might not come out of that overnight. I mean, there's neuropaths and there's, like I said, there's learned processes in the way that you've been functioning for years that you don't just change. Like, I don't understand this, like healing people think, oh my gosh, I've been working on this for two weeks and I'm still not any better. Like, my goodness, give yourself some, some grace that, you know, you're not going to get there overnight. But what the cool thing is, is you're aware of it. Like conscious awareness is like a really great first step and then just submitting it saying father like this is where I need you this is this is where I went wrong and like stop beating yourself up if you keep doing it over and over I still do that I've done it for years you know like there's been a lot of times in my life that I've I've realized that you know I've played that victim like I just can't do it or I always mess up or 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 like you know I'm just I'm just that poor me. Everything always goes wrong. I don't know why I try. I mean, like, yeah, that's been something I've had to deal with a lot in my life. But y'all, I think I, I know that's like major uncomfortable. And I, I'm not saying everybody deals with this. And again, like, I hope that you hear my heart in this. But um, that's just something that I was really made aware of that I had been partnering with. And um, I just wanted to share that. And there's something that I touched on a, a little bit about, you know, just learned behaviors and thought processes that we all kind of walk through. And I, I would really like the opportunity to just talk about um, generational curses. And, and I'm not talking about like curses, like, oh, there was a spell that was placed on my family line for years. But like what I'm talking about is those thought processes. Um, I think that like, you know, when the word talks about generational curses, it's not it's not talking about curses as we know them today, but like more of like a a thought process that's passed down and, and how do we break those and how do we come out of those patterns? And um, at some point I want to talk about that, but um, thank y'all for listening. And um, I'm sorry, did I make you uncomfortable? But I hope that you just come back and uh, hear us next week. And I love you and have a great week. Bye.